and welcome to Iacon Underground Radio for the week of May the 11th, 2016. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. And this week, we, we have returned. Uh, I was not terribly well last week, but I'm doing a little better this week. Hooray! Mm. Uh, hooray, modern medicine! <laughs> uh, so, we've got... Two weeks of very little news to talk about, and no comics to talk about. Uh, and then, well, we do have some comics to talk about, just not necessarily recent ones. What? Yes, we are yes. we are taking this chance to talk to our friend Rob from Stasis Pod, who is the uh, the one among us who has been reading the Transformers versus GI Joe comic. Hmm. Uh, so, with with that coming to an end soon, uh, we'll have him giving us a little recap of that. And then hopefully talk to him but, again once it is actually over. Yes. Yep. Kind of get a post-mortem from him. I'll Have ask. him give his pitch of why we should go back and read this thing that, in all honesty, I've probably been pitched on often enough that I'm already convinced I probably should go back and give it another shot. Yeah, when a nice can... trade comes out with all of it. Yes. Knowing IDW like a big hardcover $75 trade. Yeah. That comes in a hundred and fifty dollar limited edition with a slipcase <laughs> and like uh, some printed with a little bit of Tom Scioli's blood, <laughs> like like that that old Kiss comic. I no, don't give Scioli that idea. He'd do it. <laughs> he'd overdo it. He'd insist that there be at least one issue printed where. The entire M channel on the printing press was actually his blood. Yeah. <laughs> that that seems like, you know, he, he likes the, the retro comic sort of thing. So he, he likes the retro comics and he leave. thinks anything worth doing is worth overdoing. Yes. Anyway. However, so yes, that'll... I'm, I'm not gonna say that if you go out and buy a, a bunch of the hardcovers and limited editions, they'll, they'll bring it back, but at least you'll have that. Uh, no one can take that away from you. Yeah. Well, uh, legally. So, yeah. <laughs> legally. We got a new Wrecker series cause that sold like gangbusters in multiple formats. Yeah. I, I mean, that was, that was really great. Uh, yeah, it's not like MMORPGs where they can take it away from you forever. Um, and then they can sue you if you try to bring it back. Okay. Not in our purview. <laughs> Welcome to Icon Underground Radio, the World of Warcraft podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, we have had some various toy leaks at this point, I suppose. Uh, they're not officially released toy stuff, but who even knows at this point? Like, well, some of it is a Apparently official, the in-package ones. Oh, and there's some Japanese stuff, which is yeah. probably official. Yeah. As far as I'm aware, it's I'd have to ask enough. someone who knows Japanese. It was tweeted by a uh, designer at Takaratomi. Well, there you go. That's about as official as you get. Uh, as long as they were using their real name. They were. Yeah, <laughs> not not under a pseudonym. No, no, no. It's the old That's a leak. The, the guy who has lots of pictures and lots of toys. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so, uh, the most exciting of them is that we have now seen the upcoming Hot Rod toy. Or is he just going to be Rodimus or Rodimus Major or... 
um, well, that that one is, Autobot Hot Rod. That one is purely just a deco leak of like putting the colors on the toy, so we it doesn't actually say his name, but it, it's uh-huh. a hot, it, he's more Hot Rod shaped, like the, the original toy and yep. the classics one, which. Actually, it looks like the classics one done slightly better with better joints, as opposed yeah, to boxier and, and stumpier. Some some slight uh, IDW influences. He's got the taller shoulders, at least. Yeah, and like the belly is more like the IDW bottomus. The, the legs are, <laughs> who knows? They look neat. If but... they go back to doing pack-in comics, he'd probably be called Rodimus on the toy packaging somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Although, really, the best way to find out if you're that interested, go tweet Monzo and ask him what the current trademark registrations for Hot Rodish characters are. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, though, though, I suppose that would be the the one ideal outcome of a uh, a Hasbro Mattel merger, is that Hasbro could then have the legal right to call a toy Hot Rod. Because mm. that's the big thing. Because that's uh, that's a big Mattel copyright. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so he'll probably just be Rodimus, which is kind of a better name than Hot Rod. What? It's terrible. <laughs> I mean, I, I love him, but it's well, a terrible name. Yeah, but it's, it's more of a Transformers-y name. It's something glued to a Latin word. Or Latin pretending yeah, word. But, uh, yeah, but it's it's just Hot Rod tucked to that. Anyway, so <laughs> his vehicle mode is very G1-ish, though. Yeah. So it's less of a gigantic wedge than the G1 was. Yeah. The yeah. G11 was, but it seems like if you took that concept and redid it in say 1997 concept car language instead of 1977 concept car language. Yeah. Yeah, cuz the original yeah, toy was based that. upon oh what the heck was that car he was? It was a, like a weird limited production thingy. Yeah, and I sadly do not remember the name of it offhand. But, <laughs> but yeah, you he was should. based on the concept card. I know. Look, I don't remembering things is not my my thing. I'm I'm like Chrome Dome. I've started just burning out the memories at this point. They're just gone. Yeah, but it it it's more of a modernish take on that old car kind of. Or hmm, it's hot rod. But... Yeah, it's it's a very. G1 inspired hot rod. Uh, and I notice unlike the, uh, the recent Combiner Wars Legends one, they got the most important detail right, which is that he has flames on his chest. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's why oh, I, I found it. He's based on the, uh, Japanese Dome Zero supercar. Ooh. Oh, that's why I couldn't remember it. It was, it was so basic of a name. <laughs> it's a dome. <laughs> but yeah, he's got flames not on a his fancy chest. Name. He's, he's... More Rodimus-y shaped. As like I, I seriously one. hesitated on buying that Combiner Wars one because he he didn't have flame whoops on his chest. Well, that was part of it, and also he was right. he was a tiny little guy that became somebody's chest plate. It's like Rodimus should be bigger. To, to be perfectly honest, I'd like a Rodimus who was like somewhere between Voyager and Deluxe size, because that's kind of the size he is in the comics. Hmm. Yeah, Cloud Rodimus seems like he'd be a really good fill-in for a. Trying to keep scale slightly lost light shelf. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame it's like worth a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. 
so so that's oh, pretty exciting. <laughs> being a Titans Returns Deluxe, he does have a head that turns into a little dude. Yay! Yes. Who will the little dude be? We don't know. <laughs> you know, some little dude. Uh, I do wonder if that is going to affect in any way the possibility of Hasbro. We know that they're doing, you know, they they are acknowledging the 30th anniversary of the movie. Uh, and, and I've been thinking that that, you know, combined with the fact that he's not really a, a real, real car uh, might mean that uh, Hasbro might release the Masterpiece toy over here even just as a Toys R Us exclusive, as they've done oh, some of the others. Yeah, that, that'd that be cool. And I wonder if they would consider there being, you know, a deluxe or whatever they're called now on the shelf of the same character in a fairly similar design, if they would count that against that, or if they that just wouldn't matter because it's a different market. Hmm. Maybe different, who knows? I I just want my monkey masterpiece. Any other masterpiece toys? <laughs> no, no, just give me the primal. Yeah. They don't have to license a gorilla. Come on. Yeah. It's like I feel doing like it the wouldn't grimmel. matter because it would be different price points, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and I really feel like anybody who's going to buy the masterpiece is not going to then turn around and say, "Eh, but I don't need the other one." <laughs> no, they're they're gonna buy both. That's your person who's going to buy both. Uh, so I, I guess we'll see. I don't know how they're doing with the Masterpiece stuff, like how successful those have been. Uh, so I guess it'll depend. There have also been, you can really just go online. There's so many pictures popping up of Titans Returns and the uh, Legends, which I guess is the continuing Japanese equivalent, mm. which is... That's no, but that's the the like smaller price point stuff here, and now it's just they're crossing the streams, and it's confusing. And I, I think it's not referring to the deluxes he has interacting with them in the pictures there, but the little guys he's interacting with. Oh, okay. right, their little vehicle gun thingies. Yeah, could be. Okay, so so we are continuing the fine tradition of most size class names not making any sense or relating to anything. Yeah, pretty just, much. You know, Legends. I mean, the original Legends tended to be a lot of heavily G1 stuff, but yeah, now it's just $10-ish stuff. And now it's just... Didn't it start off as Legends of Cybertron? Yeah, there was that too. No, that was the uh, the PVC figures. Oh, I thought that was Heroes of Cybertron. No, that was Heroes of Cybertron. <laughs> Come up with new words. It's it's robots in disguise all over again. It's got three different distinct robots in disguise things. We need we need more new terms. Bring back Scout it's, Class. It's what not... was wrong with Scout Class for little things? Uh, Scout was pretty good, and I feel like Prime RC in a in a fictional fictional setting, and and Bumblebee sort of made that something that would have some awareness. I don't know price points. Apparently, in the U.S., these guys are going to be called Titan Masters. Okay. Yeah. And I imagine that's going to be used as the size class name too. 
Okay. Except the target where it'll still say legends on the DCPI number and you will have absolutely no way of knowing if the thing you're checking for obsessively is actually the thing you want <laughs> or if it's old backstock from two lines ago. And no, I'm not talking from personal experience. What gave you that idea? <laughs> oh, target. In, in the case of my target and well, they, they might change it for the sake of, I guess they don't have to change the DCPI to charge you $2 more than any other target is charging you. That that can be done under the same code number. Yeah, that's inventory <laughs> management, not pricing. Yeah, that's true. My, my target is jerk. Uh, so Does it equal jerk? So I think uh, the Titan Master's name is referring to just the little dudes. Yeah. The, like... Headmasters, yeah. but the heads, the little dudes, regardless of the vehicles. size of their bodies. But yeah, those come with vehicles versus the bigger ones coming with an entire body. They look good. I like them. I'm excited. I'm super psyched. <laughs> Mostly because I was so unenthused by uh, Combiner Wars. Someday my stores might actually get them in. Uh, I, I was I was enthused by the aerial bots, and so uh, Combiner Wars kind of ran its course on me pretty early. Yeah, I would have been more excited if I hadn't gotten a G2 Bruticus like two years ago. Yeah, yeah, I sold that because, I mean, now there's a better one. Uh, so other news, uh, we have Emmys. Yay, Transformers Hooray. people are Emmy Award winners again. Yay. I guess we're, they're, they're usually, I think Prime got an Emmy or two. Yeah, I think so. But uh, Jeff Bennett, uh, who is the voice of... Who is he on Rescue Bots? I haven't been watching that. I believe he's the mayor. I know it's a great oh. show, uh, but he was also, as I recall, uh, Prowl from Transformers Animated. Uh, the Prowl who is not a huge jerk. The only one who isn't a huge... Well, <laughs> yes. I guess the owl's the not owl. that much. Well, we don't know much about the owl. You don't know... <laughs> You don't know. Owls can be huge jerks. Uh, he plays several human roles on the show, including most prominently Mayor Lusky. Yay! He got an Emmy uh, for Rescue Bots, which is pretty great. Yeah. I should watch Rescue Bots. It's, it's adorable, and I have nothing against it. I just, you know, haven't gotten the, the impetus to actually go through it. Uh, so that's... Great for him. Uh, and the other one is that Frank Welker got a Lifetime Emmy Award, Lifetime Achievement. Mm. Yeah. So, which is and pretty you sweet. you could say it's for doing Foley in every movie ever for every animal ever and <laughs> doing a bajillion voice roles. But no, it's definitely including Transformers in there because the award was presented by Peter Cullen. <laughs> Yay! Uh, those two are the best. <laughs> They're, they're the best frenemies. <laughs> in this case, just being friends who play enemies. Yeah. They're really enemies in real life. I'm imagining them doing a duet of my nemesis from Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he's, well, the Emmy is specifically for television work. Uh, and, you know, of course he did. He's been doing Fred Freddy on Scooby Doo for Ever. decades. And Scooby uh, since Don Messick died. Yeah, which I I wasn't aware of, but yeah, oh. that's I guess not that surprising. Scooby's an animal, though he yes. doesn't really make animal sounds. 
Uh, I know he was definitely pretty much every animal that ever showed up on Batman the Animated Series. Uh, he He's a nibbler on Futurama. So he's he's done a lot of pretty... And, and he was uh, a couple different characters on Tiny Toons, uh, Animaniacs. So, yeah, he's, he's done plenty of TV work. But yet, yeah, most notably recently has been the Transformers stuff. Uh, now that... Transformers is a big thing that lots of people care about. If you'd like to be impressed, look up Frank Walker doing animal foley work for the Lion King on YouTube. Oh man, yeah. it's amazing. He's yeah, he's incredible. And I think we mentioned before he is uh, the the person who has like had the the highest total gross for movies that he's worked on. Yes. Yep. Because he's just been in, like, everything. Yes. Uh, So, also for this this holiday season, by which I mean June, uh, Hallmark is going to be continuing their little Transformers ornament line with a Grimlock. Uh, As in previous years, it's very, you know, it's, it's basically a toy reproduction. But uh, fortunately, Grimlock's toy, I think, was a lot more solid than, say, the original Optimus Prime toy. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, didn't they do they did Megatron last year, didn't they? Mm, maybe. Which seems just highly questionable all around. <laughs> but, you yes. know, I guess when it's that small, <laughs> you can make the toy gun. Uh, but, yeah, we got Grimlock this year. It looks like. A small G1 toy Grimlock. Aww. Do they actually transform, or are they just the one mode? I believe they do transform. I know the I saw the Optimus Prime one uh, at my Hallmark hmm. like two huh. years ago, and yeah, it looked like it actually transformed. So hmm. they they are basically just downsized actual toys. Oh, oh, that must have been annoying for the Megatron then. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how. Uh, yeah, I don't know how well that worked, but it I, couldn't have worked worse than the world's smallest. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, man, that was that was definitely a a thing. The world's smallest stuff. Though I was thinking that the Grimlock does look like a slightly bigger version of. Uh, you just took a world's smallest Grimlock and put a little uh, loop on top of him and hung him on your tree. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, I love the sound wave from that line. Because he comes with the world's uh, smallest ravage. Which is oh, and it transforms! Thus becoming the world's smallest transformer of any kind. It's so cute. Yeah, that sound wave was pretty great. Those were pretty neat little toys. They're, you know, they they show up on eBay. Hmm. So yeah, they're definitely fun little things. Uh, uh, other news, we have a uh, a friend of ours, uh, Justin Severinson. Uh, he has uh, done a collector's club story about Counterpunch, and he he's cool. He's a good person. So is that one uh, is that one subscription locked? I no, I don't think they are anymore. Those ones. I, oh, I didn't okay. actually check it. Good. Out. I mean, they are doing it to tie in with the uh, 
subscription service releases, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would think that they wouldn't want to subscription lock the fiction because, I mean, Transformers fiction at its core exists to sell toys. <laughs> yes. And why are you just trying to sell toys to people you've really basically already sold the toys to? Hmm. Well, we are talking about Fun Pub. So. Yeah. Say one thing and do something else. Speaking of Fun Pub. Speaking of Fun Pub saying one thing and doing something else, you know how they sold out of all those Transmetal 3 Megatrons at BotCon and everyone just was disappointed because they really wanted one and a lot of people who wanted one couldn't get one? Yeah, yeah. gosh, I heard that uh, those have been going for like seven, $800 on eBay lately. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Damn. So... It sure would be uh, sad for those people who paid seven and eight hundred dollars to know that there were more of them that Fun Pub was holding back. Oh, oh, that's not good. Remind me so, what yes. exclusive means again. <laughs> <laughs> and this is uh, actually this is a British convention, I believe. Yeah, yeah because yeah. all the prices are listed in pounds. Uh, but yes, they're they're going to be selling some of those and some of the air razors at uh, the rollout roll call and, convention and pterosaurs, which apparently is and, like well, I think that's what they get like for here with the pre-registration. I think something like that. Ooh, that was the attendee toy. Yeah, or... the pterosaur was the attendee toy. Yeah, and it's apparently the attendee toy at this con too. Which okay, maybe they didn't sell. Uh-huh. I don't think they said they sold out of the pterosaurs. Yeah, I mean, if they weren't technically selling the pterosaurs, yeah, then yeah. they couldn't sell out of them. And the air, so it's but, just the Megatron is the weird one, because it's like, hey, we sold out of them. No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I will say, I know there was that uh, that talk of somebody having bought 40 of those Megatrons at the show, and some some debate as to who exactly that was. I've heard that there are some places that have shown up selling quantities of Megatrons. So oh. yeah, that's uh that's dubious. Good job, guys. Good job. Remember back when FunPub first picked up the license, and they didn't sell out of the first year's set, and Brian Savage swore he swore that they would never discount the prices on the BotCon exclusive sets because it was important that yes. as a collector, your toys hold their value. <laughs> yes. I mean, not that I give a crap about that. But. Yeah. Well, if you have any sense, I mean, there are certainly toys now that are worth money that were once on clearance shelves. It's not a matter of the short-term value. They're going to hold their long-term value a lot better if they're no longer available at retail five years from now. Yeah, like, yeah. as an odd example, the Battle Unicorns that Big Bad Toy Store had for years were giving them away for low yeah. prices, and then they finally sold out of them, and then they became expensive. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of how it actually works here in the real yeah. world, is that as long as something is available at retail, it's not going to go up in value at all, Whereas if you discount it temporarily, 
to the point where then it is no longer available at retail, that's when your prices go up. But I mean, I don't, I don't trust him to understand actual economics. <laughs> uh, so any other news? No, it's been a light week. There, there's comics in the future coming out. We're getting a, what is it? Till all are one. Oh, the, yes, that is going to be showing up before long. Uh, and that's the Margaret Scott's, uh, I believe that was, uh, the one that Sarah Petra Ducher is going to be, uh, doing the art for. Uh, I think Newsarama, I think, accidentally miscredited as Alex Milne. But, uh, Alex Milne is quite busy drawing, like, 50 individual characters in a panel in More Than Meets the Eye. And so, <laughs> does, does not have time for a second book, no. Mm. Uh, I think that's corrected now, though. Uh, yeah, it, so, it appears to be. Yeah. Also, I, I highly recommend following her on Tumblr because she just posts the most adorable fan art sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cute uh, little so, Or on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. Yes, on, on Tumblr and on Twitter. Uh, yes, she she had one where there was this gif of a squirrel grooming itself, and so she drew a gif of Tailgate grooming himself <laughs> in the same style as that squirrel. It was it was pretty great. Uh, so yeah. What? Why? How does he do uh, that? He also, doesn't have a mouth. What is even he doing? It's so cute. <laughs> also, well, he's got great big eyes, though. Yeah. Uh, also, the. Uh, Titans Return one-shot comic, uh, which is apparently going to have uh, writing credits by all three of the main Transformers series writers. Oh. Uh, and I imagine that is going to be the jumping on point to the big crossover, sort of like how Dark Cybertron had its own, like, couple issues. Yeah. Oh, oh, that means we're going to get more Livio Raymond Deli to catch up to it. No, uh, that not necessarily, not necessarily. Is uh, there going to be a big Titans Return crossover event? Have they announced that? Well, I believe they have announced that there's going to be a small Titans Return crossover event. Hmm. Okay. At at most, like half the size of Dark Cybertron. I think it well, may Dark only Cybertron be. The combiner yeah, I think Wars it may only was, be... <laughs> how many issues? Six? Something? Yeah. Six yeah. sounds right. This is like, like one or... Maybe like was kind of a prologue. Yeah. And they didn't pull more than meets the eye into it. Except by taking away first aid. <laughs> yeah. Much to Velocity's future chagrin. Huh? So adorable. So adorable. He's pretty adorable, speaking of big eyes. Uh... I was wondering if uh, it was going to be like the holiday special anthology, where it's just like three one-off stories that aren't necessarily related to each other. I mean, I don't know how much they're... I mean, I don't think they're going to cross over to the extent of Dark Cybertron, where basically it's all one story that's just running across all the different books. I think the different comics are going to keep their own stuff to a certain extent. Uh, it has been commented on that in more than meets the eye, uh, Nightbeat asked that if he was to die, that, uh, they, they follow the, uh, rites of a particular religious sect on Cybertron in which the, uh, the process is to keep their heads. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> hmm. 
Dun dun dun. Oh no, Nightbeat's gonna die in this arc. Oh, yeah, come back. Skids is gonna die. His head might. We'll see. Uh, so, regardless, I think it's only going to be an issue or two per comic that's going to be part of the crossover, but there is the, this one standalone, and that is up for pre-order. Uh, if you are still one of those people who gets physical comic books, <laughs> which many people are, uh, now is the time to ask them to pre-order it. Of course, with the state of the market these days, uh, it's really important to, especially for stuff like this, to push for pre-orders, because that's the only way the comic shop knows how many to order. And sometimes, especially comic shops that may still kind of turn up their noses at licensed stuff like Transformers, if if you want to get it, it's a good idea to go ahead and ask for it. Yeah. Uh, so that is our news for the week. Uh, so at this point, we will be bringing in our good friend Rob. Like I said, he joins us uh, every week for the Stasis Pod podcast, where we all discuss a Beast Wars episode a week. Uh, though soon we will we will be moving on to our home planet of Cybertron. Yeah, we we were discussing Beast Wars. We're, we're technically done already. The just last episode hasn't come out. We'll still be talking about it for bit as you hear it then yes we move on to but, but for now the the beast wars are over and we're moving on revolution revolution i can't help it i can't help it all right so rob okay what's this gi joe versus transformers thing of which you speak all right. Yeah, well, this is a book that is uh it's co-written by uh tom scioli and uh John Barber, and uh, the artist is also Tom Scioli. Uh, from what I understand of the creative process, I think they basically, uh, Tom Scioli kind of draws it, and then John Barber translates it into human language. <laughs> so it's uh, kind of an old-fashioned Marvel method sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's an old-fashioned Marvel method if uh, Jack Kirby was possibly... If he had like an extra lobe of his brain. Well, yeah. Well, isn't the entire concept of it basically like if Jack Kirby did the Transformers and G.I. Joe? Well, yes. the only thing is that he does very Kirby homage art. I mean, yes. even before yeah. he got involved with Transformers, that yeah. that was always his thing. Yeah, but, before that he did uh, Godland with Joe Casey, which was very like Jack Kirby cosmic kind of thing. Very new gods. Yes. And uh, so up till now, so the Transformers encountered uh, Earth, G.I. Joe dealt with them, and long story short, the entire Earth has been destroyed. Okay. <laughs> of course. But G.I. Joe has survived in the form of an invasion force on Cybertron. Wait, oh. so has anybody else on Earth survived except for the Joes and Cobra? Uh, no, no, the Earth is gone, it blew up. <laughs> wow. All right. This is this is some Hitchhiker's Guide stuff going on here. Oh yeah, th this comic is completely insane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it takes. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a it's mashup of '80s Transformers, '80s GI Joe, uh, Jack Kirby, Jim Steranko, and long-term subst uh, recreational substance abuse. <laughs> yeah, it, it just out of context panels from it are amusing, but like. 
Like the October Guard, who are all Halloween themed. Yes, I love the October Guard. <laughs> yeah, I like that as 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 a single panel. I don't know how that would work in a comic that doesn't like drive you mad. I mean, they don't turn up that much. So the October Guard, they're like the Russian counterpart of GI Joe, and usually, you know, they're just kind of you know GI Joes, but with the Russian accents. Yeah. But in this, they are an insane Halloween themed team of monsters. <laughs> I so weird. They've I mean, I realize it's a play on October, but still. Yes, I mean, they've got a spaceship that's festooned with jack-o'-lanterns. Oh, so good. Uh, there have been other crazy things in the comic, like, aren't Destro and Megatron one and the same at this point or something? Well, no, they, uh, Destro is weird. actually like a cyborg. That He's not a metal mask, that's his real metal head, because uh, regular humans wouldn't survive transport on the space bridge. Okay. But also Cobra is actually an ancient organization dating back to the Garden of Eden. Oh, right, I read that. During which the serpent god Cobra Law impregnated Eve. Yeah, I I read that part, and my brain refused to acknowledge. I told you, this comic is amazing. Cobra oh, from oh, Garden oh. of Eden and what? No, wait, what? Yeah. Was yeah. it consensual? What? What is going I, on in this toy comic? <laughs> Furries, apparently. And, and yeah, we get we get the well, there's an scaly. entire issue that's the origin of Destro in like medieval Scotland. Well, <laughs> okay, that is from the cartoon, and that's crazy. So I'm fine with that stuff. But, that's right, but not medieval Destro, Scotland, that's... where he meets. Um, Cybertronians. Okay, instead of having Cthulhu in his basement. Yes, and also fights uh, Vikings, the leader of whom is the ancestor of Duke. Oh, that's hey. great. It's uh, Thor Falkenhauser. <laughs> and also the ancestor of Hawk is there. Uh-huh. And that's where he gets a special tomahawk that can chop through Transformer armor. <laughs> and also Castle Destro is built on a spaceship. Okay. <laughs> and you see, it's not that, uh, like, Destro isn't, like, you know how there's, like, a line of Destros. It's just the yeah. one Destro? It's just the one guy from medieval Scotland who made himself immortal as a cyborg using Cybertronian technology. Okay, this, the more you say this, the more it sounds like things you would hear as a child. Like, you'd hear some other child explain to you, these toys, and they were wrong because they read things and forgot sentences and just made up bullshit. And, wow. It, it is an experience. Well, it sounds amazing. It, it is amazing. Of- I love I would recommend the trades, definitely. I mean, you know, you have to be in the right frame of mind uh, yes. to read it. A tall glass of water or something. Uh, yes. Uh, so the, cur- the current issue uh, mostly deals with the... Uh, not a lot of Transformers in it, although the uh, beginning and climax of the episode involve Megatron transforming Cybertron into Primus uh, to devour the sun. Oh. Okay. Wh- which which sun? Uh, our sun. Which, I mean, you know, Earth's been destroyed. It's not like we're using it. No. I guess that's true. Yes. That's a good point. There's some other but, planets uh, still using it? Well, I mean, you know... Like, Nobody's living on them. On, though. Although, who knows? They're very well baby Martians coming up later in this comic. 
<laughs> or, or like those those guys who lived on the moon of Titan. Wait, what? Uh, in what? the God Gambit. Th- weren't there uh, aliens? Yeah. Weren't there aliens in really late GI Joe? Uh yeah, the Lunar Ticks. Yeah. Although I don't think they were from our. In fact, one of them is named Predacon, which is amusing. <laughs> and then another one is from the uh, Mertonian constellation, which is also mentioned in uh, Generation Two tech specs. Oh, huh. that sounds. I assume there was some guy at Hasbro named Merton who they wanted to mess with. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so most of the issue deals with uh, Duke and his half-brother Falcon, who is, he's usually, and they're both, you know, G.I. Joe figures, but usually oh, right. Falcon is not Duke's half-brother, but he is in the movie. Yeah. Like, not oh. the live-action movie, but like the 80s. Uh, yeah, when he's, where he's Don Johnson. Yes, where he's Don Johnson. <laughs> And so there is a ton of there are a ton of references to that movie in this, including appearances by uh, Big Lob, <laughs> who was the guy who spoke entirely in sports metaphors and never got his own action figure. Aw, well, he did. The club, the, the club made one uh, a couple years ago. Oh, thought they're Big Lob makes his move. <laughs> uh, so, so it mostly deals with that and their history and. It actually handles the emotional stuff very well. In the most Kirby way possible? Well, yes, and it also takes... A, and a lot of it is uh, Falcon going through G.I. Joe boot camp. And there's a whole gag where, you know, he has to get his hair cut and uh, get a uniform. And he gets to G.I. Joe, and it's just a bunch of guys in, like, basketball jerseys. <laughs> With long hair and, and non-standard beards and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, also Quarrel shows up, who is a member part of Action Force. Oh. Ooh. She was like, like a blonde repaint of Scarlet. Oh. Neat. Well, yeah, because he has to keep coming up with more characters because he keeps killing a bunch of them off. Uh, he, I mean, a bunch of characters do get killed off. Um, I, I believe in the last, ep- in the last issue, uh, Skidmark, I think, who's a G.I. Joe, uh, gets eaten by Megatron. Skidmark. Yeah, no, Skidmark. Like, he's a guy who drives a car or some sort of vehicle. Uh, still, uh-huh. that's that's right up there with Discharge as a character name. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's bad. But yeah, so, yeah, Megatron is just eating people. Great. As as he's known for? Wait, is that <laughs> But in- how many people are there? <laughs> well, he, he's, like, members of G.I. Joe, so obviously it's a rare oh. delicacy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Was that the same issue that the Dreadnoughts were serving dinner? Yes, uh, they've got they captured Roadblock, and he made the and you know because he's a cook, they made him cook for them. But then he poisoned the Dreadnoughts, and so, or well, at least he, I guess it's just Torch who gets poisoned, uh, who dies by projectile vomiting blood. <laughs> okay. Oh, and also, I guess they killed Wild Bill because Zartan replaced him. Aww. Zartan's got to replace somebody. And also, uh, it, it takes a lot from the uh, Larry Hama comics as well, because uh, Cooler Commander's son Billy is in this. Oh. And also, he's a cyborg. <laughs> okay. And, uh, oh, also in this episode, or I keep saying episode, this issue we see the uh, the Keeper from uh, old uh, Jeff Sr. Simon Furman comics. Oh, right, the crazy guy in the robe who shouts things. Yes, and that's totally oh, yeah. what he does. <laughs> and yes, he, he, he tells them the story of the Makers, uh, the, living, 
pretty much what he does in G1. Yes, except in this case, uh, the the living transformed world created by the makers of the universe was Diacaron. <laughs> oh, right. Didn't it mix in a bit of the, the Quintessons or something in there? There's a bit of Quintessons. Uh, there's a bunch of Diacron. Oh, and uh, there's another bit where uh, a couple issues back, Scarlet is in a Cobra mental hospital, and they're trying to convince her that she's insane. Okay. And that the Transformers are actually a toy line created in by a company named Hasbro, and by three guys named Cy, Bert, and Ron. <laughs> oh. Okay, yeah, I... This is sounding more and more like I should read the trades, but I'm going it's to need so, good. so much alcohol at the same time. <laughs> I mean, I read it stone sober and I enjoy it. I can imagine, but like, oh, it's different from everything else. Oh, it's different from everything. <laughs> I mean, no toy comic like this has ever been produced. I mean, even, you know, the I'm pretty sure Jack Kirby did some comics for superpowers in the 80s. Yeah, I think so. But, you know, those are pretty, you know, that's standard Kirby. This is, I'm deliberately being as insane as possible, Kirby. Yeah. And it's, oh. <laughs> it's a it's a fun book. It comes out somewhat intermittently because, you know, it's just one guy writing and drawing it all. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a good read. I think there are probably two trades out now. Okay. But, you know, I mean, there are only 11 issues out. Uh, plus, there there were a couple like uh, free comic book day specials. Yeah, I'm just still surprised it's an ongoing. I know. I thought, okay, it's another mini series. We've had a bunch of GI G. Joe versus Transformers minis, and they've been of varying degrees of quality. Yeah, and and um, W for a lot of licensed comics that aren't Transformers. That, well, I don't know how Ghostbusters does, but Godzilla is like a series of mini series. The longest one I think is was like 25 issues. Yeah, 25. And usually when it's, you know, something versus something, it's a miniseries. Like uh, yeah. uh, Batman versus Trans- uh, Ninja Turtles, which is ongoing right now. Yeah. Superman versus Aliens. Superman yes. Versus Predator. Predator versus Aliens versus Terminator. Yes. Versus Ash versus... Oh, the 90s. Fred versus Jason versus... The Critters versus Ghoulies versus... Versus Dull Man versus Demonic Toys. <laughs> You know, this we may have the longest ongoing GI Joe franchise currently. Uh, well, I mean, I actually think IDW's comics. Well, I mean, there's the one that's uh, continuing on from where uh, the Larry Hama comics ended. Yeah, mm-hmm. like Regeneration One, except it's still going, and I don't think it has like a set end point. And ah. also, people seem to like it, so it's probably better than Regeneration One. Well, isn't it, <laughs> isn't it Larry Hama writing it again? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, so, so yeah. But, you know, and Regeneration 1 was Simon Furman writing it. Well, yeah, I yeah. know, but by that point, Simon Furman had already done even more better stuff in the, the what do you call it, the escalations and things? Escalation, infiltration. Yeah. I, I think I, the issue wasn't that Simon Furman had done better stuff, it's that Simon Furman had done worse stuff. Yes. I I I love Simon Furman, but I, I think that my old metaphor that I, I used to throw out, that he was the Chris Claremont of Transformers comics, continues to stand and that his yeah. recent stuff really does not hold up the same as his older stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Well, thankfully, he's not quite as weird as Chris Claremont. <laughs> At least with him, it's not about weird fetishes. Yeah, nobody is getting mind-controlled and put in bondage gear in, the, in some, Generation 1. It's just some verbal tics. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, just as Claremont has. 
Yeah. Well, Claremont's more about accents. Furman's like, well, well and also, you know, the, the, the focused totality of my psychic powers. <laughs> yeah. I I'm still love that there is a podcaster I'm... whose name is a Furmanism. Uh, Which one? Kieran Sheak. <laughs> so yeah, G.I. Joe versus Transformers, it is the nuttiest thing ever associated with either franchise, and I can't believe that Hasbro is generally cool with it coming out. Well, they are cool with it because there's two to three other comics also coming out with Transformers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I think they're pretty open at this point to just letting people do, you know, letting the art exist for the sake of the art. Yes, I mean, they did allow a, a large screen movie to come out with giant robot testicles, so... They, they pretty... have allowed gay robot marriage. That's true, and they seem pretty cool with it, which is yeah, nice. Yeah, they had it yeah. in a slideshow. Yeah. yeah, they had it in their slideshow for their investors at Toy Fair. Yeah. Also, they don't seem to care nearly as much about G.I. Joe as they do about Transformers. Well, yes, yeah. also that. Um, yeah. Well, that's because nobody else cares about G.I. Joe. If somebody, if you know, the to- if the toy buying public did care about it, they would also care about it. Yeah. But they kind of don't. Because yeah, you know, yeah. I'll link in the the post on my uh, an article that I wrote for the the uh, local alternative paper. Uh, the Columbus Free Press. Yes, maybe a year and a half ago, uh, basically when it, it started becoming obvious that G.I. Joe was not a viable brand anymore. And I think that has a lot to do with uh, just American attitudes, just changing attitudes towards military intervention and, and military activity. So. Yeah, this is... Uh... You know, I mean, I'm sure Hasbro would like G.I. Joe to do well. I mean, it's, you know, a big part of their company's history. Yeah. But at this point, I, I don't think they would mind if something else took its place. Yeah. Like if Mask or Humanoids or something became as popular as G.I. Joe used to be. I mean, I'm sure, the you know, the bottom line doesn't matter, but I'm sure there must be a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of sentiment towards the brand. Yeah. You know, it's like the family silver at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But the good China is what's making them all the money. Well, I guess somebody else's good China, Star Wars, is making them all the money. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess the thing they do own that does make a ton of money is Transformers. Yeah. Yeah. And the ponies. Oh, Oh, yeah, I guess they do own the ponies, too. They own Transformers, they own the ponies, and then look at how much they actually own of Lucasfilm. Oh, that's true. And I guess, I mean, I guess they own all the board games they do, which probably do okay. Oh, yeah, those are evergreen. Yeah, Hasbro Games is a suitably big deal, but, like, they owned, like, 10% of Lucasfilm as of the Episode One era. So then, does that, but does that mean that they sold that part to Disney as well, or? No, like. Disney owns like ninety percent, and Hasbro owns like ten percent. Oh wow! That, they must be making cash hand over fist. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Pumping out all those Ray toys that we can't find on shelves. <laughs> I mean, that just means they're selling. Yeah. All right, and thank you very much, Rob. Uh, so that's it for us this week. Uh, 
I would like to let our listeners know that I will be guesting on the the much larger than ours Radio Free Cybertron podcast this week. Uh, that should be episode 468, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a lot of episodes. That is a lot of episodes. Did they reset their numbering when they came back, or did they continue the original numbering? I would have to guess with that high a number that they probably didn't, but it's a good question. I am not certain. Uh, but yes, if you do not already listen to that one, uh, I would, you know, suggest giving that a listen. Uh, otherwise, we will all be back here next week uh, with whatever has happened in the meantime. So until then, uh, this has been Jen. And Alex. And David. Or should we just introduce yourself, Rob? This is Rob. Yeah, this is uh, I'm Rob. You may know me from such podcasts as Stasis Pod, the Beast Wars podcast. Yes. He's here to report on. Thanks for being here, Rob. Thank you. The GI Joes and the Transformers. Yes, I am the only guy you know who reads Transformers vs. GI Joe, the ongoing fever dream (laughs) from IDW Comics. Yeah. Well, the, the, you're the only guy who we know who regularly talks to us about it. Yes. Who regularly talks to us. and Because how, if you read this book, you couldn't not talk about it. <laughs> kind of.